Thank you guys so much. Glad that you're in the Lord's house this Sunday right before Christmas. And I'm going to read to you the Christmas story found in Luke chapter 2. A couple of, uh, couple of things about, uh, about today in this service. Uh, it's a special day. It's the Sunday before Christmas, and so I'm wearing a tie for you, all right? Got my Christmas tie on, and I'm reading out of the King James Version. So it's a special day. Let me tell you, I don't have anything against the King James Version. We, we grew up reading this. Uh, it is a great literal translation uh, of the Word of God. Problem is, we just don't use this kind of verbiage anymore, and it's kind of hard to understand some of the words that are found in King James. But when it comes to Luke chapter 2... And reading the Christmas story, I just think it sounds a whole lot better coming from the old King James, all right? So that's what we're going to do today. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And they've been doing it ever since. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one from his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. That means she was really pregnant, all right? All right. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the reading of your word and now the preaching of this precious word. Lord, help us to uh, understand what Christmas is all about and help us, dear Lord, to find this Christmas the special gifts that you have left for us. We love you, Lord, and I pray a blessing on this time together and a blessing on each person who is here. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a young teenage boy this uh, Christmas season named Brian, and for the past month he has been bugging his parents about getting him a new Apple Watch for Christmas. He, he will tell them multiple times a day, 10, 20, 100, 500, 1,000 times a day, which Apple Watch he wants. He'll send them text messages and email pictures to them of the color of band that he wants and, and everything about it that he, that he wants so bad. In fact, he has mentioned it this Christmas season so much that his dad told him, if you say anything about that cotton-picking watch again, you're not going to get it. 
I mean, you're absolutely driving us crazy about that watch. Quit bugging us. And so I learned that last night they asked uh, Brian to, to lead in prayer right before dinner. And this is what he said. He said, I, I would like to quote a scripture right before I pray. And of course, that got everybody's attention. Mom, dad, his siblings, they, they said, well, what verse? He said, Mark chapter 13, verse 37. Jesus said, I saith unto you what I've already told thee. Watch. That is a misapplication of scripture, I'm sure. It's today we want to be true to the word of God, all right? You know, we, we spend most of our Christmas season searching. How many of you are completely finished buying all the gifts that you're going to buy? You got it all done? Raise your hand if you're completely, okay. Y'all put your hands down. How many of you still are searching for those gifts? Raise your hand if you're, if you're like me and you're still searching, okay? I, I, am, I only have to buy one person any gifts. I mean, my, my beloved wife and my kids, they buy all the other gifts. The only person I have to buy a gift for is my beloved wife. But let me ask you, what do you get, what perfect gift can you get for the most perfect woman who's ever been created before? I mean... Really, what, what gift is good enough to give the most perfect woman? Oh, yeah, no, I should, boy, I wish I wouldn't have asked you that question. That's what I get for opening my mouth. How about just me? Oh, no. Okay, so I'm still searching for the perfect gift, right? And maybe you are too. Or maybe, maybe you've been out searching for just the best bargain. Are you bargain hunters or any out there bargain shoppers? All right? You've been searching for the best bargain or the right decoration for the house. Or if you're like my dad, you're looking, you're searching for that up-close parking spot. <laughs> you know, at the very first Christmas, a whole lot of people missed it because they got too busy looking for the wrong things. For example, the politicians missed it, and they usually do. The business community missed it. The innkeeper missed it. Even the religious community missed it because they were all looking for the wrong thing. In fact, the only people who really enjoyed that first Christmas some 2,000 years ago were the people who were really looking for it. The people who were searching for it. Luke chapter 2 verse 12, the angel said to the shepherd, you shall find the babe lying in a manger. And the shepherds said, let us go now and see for ourselves. Let's go find it. And they found him because they were searching for him. They were seeking him. And later on, another group of men called the wise men, they found Jesus too because they went looking for him. So let me ask you this morning, what are you going to find this Christmas? What are you going to find this Christmas? I'll tell you what you're going to find this Christmas. You're going to find whatever it is you're looking for. That's what you'll find. Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 7, Seek and you will find. If you seek me with all of your heart, Jesus said, you will find me. I honestly believe that most people are looking most people are really seeking for something in their life. They're trying to find meaning in their lives. We all have this gaping hole in our heart because God made us with this huge hole in our soul. 
that nothing else can satisfy or fill except for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And our quest in life is to fill that hole with meaning and to find purpose in life. God has placed inside of you a desire to know Him, a thirst for Him. And I don't believe there is any better time of the year than Christmas to become a seeker like the wise men. In fact, wise people still seek the Savior today. Whatever you're looking for, that's exactly what you're going to find. This Christmas, God wants to give you three gifts. In, in fact, He has made these three gifts available. They are available to you today if you will look for them. If you will seek them. They've got your name written on them. What are the three gifts? The first one, and this is simple Sunday, all right? Very simple message. The first gift that God has for you that you can find today, got your name on it, forgiveness. Total forgiveness. Luke chapter 2 verse 11. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior is born. He is Christ the Lord. And Jesus is the only one who can forgive you of your sins. Now why is it that you need a Savior? Why would any of us in this room today need a Savior? Well let me just cut to the chase. Here's the reason why. Heaven is a perfect place. And only perfect people can get into heaven. If God allowed imperfect people into heaven, then it wouldn't be perfect anymore. That means that I don't stand a chance in a million of getting in on my own merits. Why do I know that? Because I know me. I... I am a sinner. I have messed up in my life. And let me tell you, if I can't get in, then you sure can't get in. That was a joke, all right? But, but I really do think you get the point of that. Hmm? None of us can. So God came up with this great plan. He sent a Savior. Someone who can save us. And we can get in through him. Jesus literally becomes our ticket into heaven. That's good news. A savior has been born. He is Jesus Christ. How many of y'all ever wrote a, a letter to Santa when you was a kid? Did you ever, anybody raise your hand. Come on. I need audience participation today. Raise your you, Did you do that? Uh, we used to do it. My sister and I did that when we were kids. And they would print them in the, the Midland Reporter Telegram newspaper. And I guess I just kind of thought, okay, Santa reads the newspaper. And uh, so you'd write your, your letter to Santa and they'd print it. I, I read this uh, letter written to Santa. Here's what it said. Dear Santa, there are three boys living in my house. Jeffrey is two, David is four, and Norman is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time, David is good some of the time, Norman is good all the time. I am Norman. <laughs> okay, here's the problem. None of us are Normans. Okay? Nobody in here is a Norman. None of us can bat a thousand. None of us are always perfect. None of us are always right. Even though some of you think you are. <laughs> We're not. 
In fact, I've, we have the ability to project on our screens up here. And, and what if, what if today I was able to project on this screen everything, I mean everything you thought, said, or did in the year 2015. And we just, we just put all of your junk up on the screen for everybody to see. Now, if, if you're like the rest of us in this room, that would be a little bit embarrassing, wouldn't it? Right? We live with a sense of regret because none of us are perfect. That's why we need a Savior. And God has provided one who can take away your sins. I read this Christmas card years ago, and I've kept these words because it's just so good. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Good news today, you can be forgiven. That, my friends, is the most priceless gift you can receive. The gift of a clear conscience. You can't even buy that at Neiman Marcus. Or Dillard's. <laughs> or Walmart. It's priceless, yet he offers it to you at Christmas time. To have your past forgiven, wiped clean, a new start to become brand new. That is good news, is it not? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So right here today at these altars, there is a gift with your name on it. It is forgiveness of sin. You can have all of your sins forgiven today. The second gift that he makes available, that if you'll just seek it, you can find it, is peace. Peace. Verse 14 of chapter 2, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth. You know, peace is a word that our world uses a lot today, but really the world doesn't have the foggiest idea of the true meaning of peace. Our society hasn't got the slightest idea what genuine, real peace is all about. What I'm talking about is peace of mind and peace of heart. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, 27, My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is God's peace. It is an amazing gift. The world just doesn't comprehend it. For many people in today's world, peace means drinking enough until I'm so drunk that I'm numb and I can no longer feel the pain. For other people, it means hopping from one relationship to the next, then to the next, to the next, hoping that somebody is going to fill the void in my life. But no one ever does because no other person can. For other people, it means working and working and becoming a workaholic and overachieving so I can get all of these attributes of success to prove to the world, I am somebody. <laughs> a 
But inside I'm still thinking, you know what, I really don't feel like somebody. For other people, peace is trying some new age gimmick like sitting in a lotus position and contemplating the length that is stuck in my navel. <laughs> saying, hmm. That was pretty funny when I wrote it, but yeah. That let me tell you, that's not peace. That's not peace of mind. That is not peace of, of heart. Real peace is having a personal relationship with God's Son Jesus Christ, becoming friends with Him, making peace with God so I can have the peace of God in my life. Real peace is knowing no matter what I do, no matter how many dumb things I do, God is never going to stop loving me. Real peace is knowing no matter what, God will never leave me nor forsake me. Real peace means that no matter what happens in 2016, I know that God is going to give me the strength to face it and handle it. Real peace is living by God's Word, the Bible. So I can avoid a lot of the needless hurts and hang-ups and habits that mess my life up. Real peace is teaching my kids God's Word is a foundation for their life. And then building life on that foundation. That's what brings peace. The world doesn't have that. They can't manufacture that. It's a gift from God. And when you make peace with God through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, when you have peace with God, you will know the peace of God. And it is amazing. I got to thinking about it this past week, and, and I've written down three things that can rob you of peace this Christmas. Three, three peace robbers, all right? Guilt, grief, grudges. Those are the three great destroyers of peace. The first one is guilt. You know what? All of us in this room live with a sense of guilt. All of us have been awakened at night because of past sins that we have committed and they just come back and haunt us. Mistakes that we've made. Here's the good news. You don't have to walk out of here with that burden of guilt any longer. Your guilt can be gone. God can take it away. In fact, God says, I sent a Savior to wipe away your sins so that you can be forgiven. You can have a clear conscience. Well, that's awesome, man. I know I, I use this illustration all the time, and until I think of a better one, I'm just going to keep using it. It's the old Etch-a-Sketch. Remember the Etch-a-Sketch? How many of you bought your kids an Etch-a-Sketch? That is the, you know what, that's a perfect gift I can get for the perfect lady to etch <laughs> Oh, it's, I was told the first service, I was, I was watching just a little tidbit of the movie Elf the other night, and it still makes me laugh. Uh, but he was, he was a master on the Etch-A-Sketch, you know. I mean, he could draw all these Mona Lisa, make all these Christmas lists, you know. But the cool thing about an Etch-A-Sketch, you know what it is? You just turn it over and shake it, totally erased. Totally erased. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? To have all the bad stuff that keeps coming back and haunting you and keeping you up at night, all the things that you regret, wouldn't it be great if some way, somehow, those things were taken away and forgiven and nobody was holding that against you any longer? 
God can do it. Guilt be gone. And let me tell you this. If you are a believer here today, you're a Christian, and you're still walking around carrying that burden of guilt, you don't have to, man. The next time the devil comes and starts bugging you about that and throwing all that stuff back up in your face, you say, devil, leave me alone. God doesn't even remember it anymore. God's not holding it against me anymore. And every time you go back and dwell on that guilt and those sins that God has forgiven, it's just like a dog returning to its own vomit. It's gross. You don't have to live that way anymore. Guilt can be gone. Hallelujah. So don't let guilt rob you of God's peace. The second thing is grief. I don't know, this, this touched the theme in the first service today. I think this, this point really hit home with some people. If the truth were known, there are some of you even in this second service. And you're facing major pain and heartache in your heart this morning. Christmas time somehow or another brings up all kinds of hurtful memories. You remember the loss of a loved one. Or maybe you remember a parent that, that abandoned you or a, or a divorce that you went through or the death of a spouse or a child. And you're having this, this grief that's robbing you of joy and peace and, and happiness. If that's the pain you're carrying right now, let me tell you, I feel for you. And I'm sorry that you hurt. I really am. But more than that, God cares about your hurt. God sees it. God knows it. And you were never meant to carry all that grief on your own. In fact, the Bible says, God said, Cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. And you can do that today, man. You can come and, and give God, all of your grief, you can lay all of your burdens, all your cares down at his feet. And he will give you in return the peace that passes all understanding. It's amazing. So cast your cares on him. The, the third thing that can rob you of God's peace is, is grudges. That's being resentful. You know, we feel guilty when we hurt others. We feel resentful or grudging when other people hurt us. You know what? The fact is you're going to be hurt in life. You will be hurt by other people, either intentionally or unintentionally. But how you respond to that hurt is going to determine the level of true happiness in your life. And for your own sake and for your own peace of mind, you've got to let those hurts go. Resentment, holding on to a grudge against some other person who's either intentionally or unintentionally hurt you, doesn't hurt them, it only hurts you. You're the one stewing and spewing while they're just out there living their life, man. And some of you in this room are still letting people from your past hurt you today, and that's just not real smart. You need to let those grudges go. You're saying, but I can't. I've tried and I can't. Those people hurt me too much. I, I can't forgive them. And you know what? On your own, you're right. You can't. That's why you need Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can give us the power to let go. And you can find peace if you're willing to do the things that Jesus has told you to do. Real peace is having a relationship with Jesus Christ and becoming friends with God. It means knowing God always loves me. 
It means knowing that he's always going to be with me and care for me. It means that I live my life by God's word and I build on that firm foundation, not only for my life, but also for my family. And I live for him. And when you do that, he gives you peace. I mean, it is an amazing thing. I, I wish I had the words to describe the feeling that you have in your heart when you finally make peace with God. You make peace with You stop fighting God. You stop struggling against God. You surrender your life to Him. You give Him everything, lock, stock, and barrel. You ask Him to come into your life and forgive you of your sins. You make peace with Him. And when that happens, you get the peace of Christ in your life. That's an amazing gift. That gift of peace, peace of mind, peace of heart, it's up here today. It's got your name on it. And if you come looking for it, he'll give it to you. The third gift that God makes available is eternal life. You can find eternal life. Verse 11 is kind of my key verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Let me close by giving you the facts of life, okay? Maybe like you've never heard before. Here are the facts of life. Two things. Number one, we're all going to die someday. Yeah? It's not a pleasant thought. I, I really don't think you have to be morbid about it. You really don't have to worry about it. But the fact is, we're all going to die someday. Every one of it. It could be today, man. could be tomorrow, next year, ten years from now. We just don't know when. But here's the fact of life. All of us in this room, sooner or later, we're all going to die. Number two, second fact of life you need to understand, you're going to spend more of your life on that side of death than you do on this side. Now, now get a hold of this, understand this. I don't know how long you're going to get to live. Uh, maybe till you're 60, 70, 80, 90, 95. I don't know. I told the first service, I really don't know if I want to live to be 95, you know. Let's say 90. You, you get 90 years on this earth. But on the other side of death, you're going to spend the rest of your eternity in eternity. Do you get that? You'll spend the rest of your eternity in eternity. And there's only two places. It's either heaven or hell. I mean, you, you get a choice right now, okay? You can choose heaven or hell, but that's the eternity that you're going to spend. Only an absolute fool would go through their entire life totally unprepared for something that they know is inevitable. And I mean, guys, it's coming. You're going to die. And you're going to stand before God. And the books are going to be open, and your life is going to be judged. And to live your life unprepared for that most important day doesn't make any sense, man. To know that someday you're going to die and not be prepared for it, it just doesn't make sense. My old preacher used to say, you know, you're not really ready to live until you're ready to die. And I think that's true. And fortunately, the good news is, that's what Christmas is all about. That's why God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to give you hope, to give you eternal life. 
Really, Christmas is the celebration of an invasion. It's a close encounter of the God kind. (laughs) God invaded earth 2,000 years ago. And really what God did is he split history in two from B.C. to A.D. And I know modern historians are are trying to take the the after-death thing out of it, before Christ and after death. But you know what? That's the way God made it. That's what it really is. Anytime you write a check, what is the reference point? The reference point is Jesus Christ. 2016 from what? It's from Jesus. When God came to earth, when God came and split history in two, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. And here's the cool deal. Whether you know it or not, you have really spent your whole life looking for something. You've spent your whole life seeking your purpose in life. And while you were looking and seeking, Jesus has been looking for you. Jesus has been seeking you to save you. So I'll say the miracle of Christmas is not on 34th Street, nor Rogers Avenue. The miracle of Christmas is in Bethlehem. He says, I offer to you forgiveness for your past. Here's here's the gift of forgiveness. Your past can be forgiven. I offer to you peace of mind for the present. And I also offer you a solid future in eternity. These are the gifts. Now, where do you find these gifts? Well, I think they're wrapped up. They're all wrapped up in a single person. The Lord Jesus Christ. You will find me, the Lord says, when you seek me with all of your heart. And guys, that's all you have to do today. With all your heart, seek Him. Because let me tell you, you matter to God. Your problems matter to God. Your pain matters to God. Your potential matters to God. He came to earth looking for you, seeking you out to change your life, to save you. And He offers that as a free gift today. So would you receive it? I mean, it's got your name on it. He's talking to you right now. He's saying, come, come unto me. I'll give you forgiveness, peace, and heaven. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would receive these gifts today. Lord, if there's someone in this room who has never received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today they would come and pray that prayer and ask you to come into their heart. Lord, if there is a Christian here today that's just drifted away from you, may they come back home today, dear Lord, to to you. And and this Sunday before Christmas, may, may they just get everything in their life right with you. Lord, for the rest of us, who are just carrying around garbage and baggage and, and stuff that's, that's weighing us down, may we feel the freedom to come today and simply cast all of our cares on you, knowing that you care for us. Lord, for others who just want to come and say thank you and praise you for these great gifts, give us the freedom to come and pray today, Lord. For we ask it in your name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed.